You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow the, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. What do you want from your sports book? Great odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you just don't want to bet. You want to live your bet life. And when you bet with points, bet you get great odds and great payouts all in a fast and reliable book. Download the app now. Use code VSIN2K to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. What a promotion! That easy. Code VSIN2K. And you get the free $10 live bet during Sunday night football every week for the rest of the season. Packers and Vikings Sunday got to be 21. Great promotion. It is Thursdays with the Maestro, Mike Palm, VP of Circa, also hosts a show here on VSIN called the uh, called Odds On. It's weekdays at uh, two o'clock Eastern, eleven Pacific. So before we get into like the final couple of weeks here in Survivor, uh, I think we should probably alert people to this. I don't think you're a big New Year's Eve guy. Derek was in yesterday. Derek Stevens, the owner of Circa, he loves New Year's Eve, right? Well, I love it too. I mean, I'll be giving, I'll be introducing him at the party at the D. Uh, but now we have Circa, so we have three parties. We have one at Legacy from 5.30 to 7, and then another one 7.30 to 9, and then at 10 o'clock is the retail party, 10 to 1 with the fireworks going off from the plaza right next door. But then our traditional party that we always have at the D, 6 to 9 here Pacific, and the party ends with the countdown on the East Coast, that's more of the band and the gala dinner and all that. Okay. Uh, I'll give a short speech and introduce Derek, and he'll give his New Year's Eve speech like he does every mm-hmm. year. I love it. I, yes. I think we should warn people. If you're coming to Las Vegas, but you have not left the house yet, if you're driving to town, whatever, today, tomorrow, that kind of a thing, uh, bundle up. It's the coldest I can ever remember. We're getting down to the 20s. Yeah, I, I, my, it keeps saying 42, but there's frost around my pool. <laughs> yeah. No, the deck yeah. is white yeah. around the pool where, I, where it was wet, so it's got to be colder than that. Put it this way. I don't have an ice scraper. I yeah. had to let the car warm up for yeah. four or five minutes yesterday to get it I off had, the windshield. I had my first car was this Mercury Topaz. And it, yeah. <laughs> it was like an 86 Mercury Topaz. We, my friends called it the vents of hell, the heater, right? It'd be, you know, a foot and a half of snow and ice on the windshield. I'd go out and turn the car on. 20 minutes later, the car was clear. That's how hot it would get in the car. I didn't even have to scrape. I missed that car. That car was, that car was, that was amazing. That was amazing. Yeah, and then low in the 20s now, Saturday and Sunday here. So, Well, what do you expect? Uh, because as far as what Las Vegas looks like. and the, for Rainy, a pl- by the way, too. Well, for a plug, it was unbelievable at the Legacy Club to bring in the new year last year. And thank you for that. It's just an amazing view and a great time. But last year, Fremont Street was shut down. I mean, what do you expect now? Right, 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 yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Okay. Because of the COVID issues. Yeah. But we'll have bands. We have the, like, the I love the 80s, 90s. 
uh, bands playing out here, Vanilla Ice, this and that, and, and all the stages is activated. Vanilla Ice now, is playing? Yeah, Vanilla Ice is playing oh. at midnight. Well, he plays for like 11.30 to 11.59. Then they count down, the mayor speaks, and then he does another 20 minutes. Does he it's, have that many a, hits? I don't think it, he can have them up in Terry. I, I, I think it might be a remix of Ice Ice Baby. Oh, but the whole time. After, yeah. no, I don't. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, they sweep, just for those that are coming downtown, they sweep them all from 5 to 6, and then you have to have tickets to get in. All right. A- after that, at 6 o'clock, uh, they're $50. $50 a piece to come and watch these bands. Um, but also, bitch, you make a good point driving around. There'll be a ton of traffic tonight. So wherever That's you, absurd. Wh- wherever yeah. you want to go, wherever you want to go, uh, Leave early. <laughs> yeah, and people forget about this. They shut down the strip like at 6 o'clock, mm-hmm. maybe even a little bit earlier. You can't get close to taking your car down there. You have to walk if you're not staying on the strip. Well, mm-hmm. when I worked at the Venetian um, and would have to work on New Year's Eve, we couldn't get out. I mean, the, we worked 6 to 2, but we couldn't get out to like 4.30 because you couldn't get back onto the strip till it opened up, right? Oh. So we would know we'd go after work. We had to plan somewhere to go for a couple hours because no way to get our cars out of the garage to get back yeah. off the strip. You're unbelievable. On many things, hmm. but officiating and also uh, announcers. Mm-hmm. But do you have any th- um, thoughts on Madden? Yeah, uh, you know Madden. To be the voice of a sport, right, for two decades with Pat Summerall and the perfect, uh-huh. you know, pairing there, and then and then you know the icon- iconic part for the young people with the video game. But let's not forget it was Madden, Summerall, and The Simpsons that made a whole network. We could never have been a fourth network in this country if not yeah. for that. That's what made it serious. My favorite John Madden fact is this. You know, he coached at, at, he played, he coached at Hastings College, and then he went to San Diego State. Don Coryell was the head coach. This was in the early, mid-60s. He was the defensive coordinator, and the offensive coordinator was a man by the name of Joe Gibbs. I think about that staff, who all three went on to, to the pros, right? Gibbs wins three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. Air Coriel, right, and, and those great teams in St. Louis, and then with the Chargers in San Diego, and, and then Madden, the best winning percentage of any coach that ever coached 100 or more games in the NFL. I mean, he lost, what, seven AFC championship games? Yeah. If they'd have had any luck in the playoffs at all, he oh, maybe wins God. two or three Super Bowls. 36-16-2 against a combination of Hall of Fame coaches. Also, I saw this going around on Twitter yesterday, and I firmly believe it. He could be in the Hall of Fame three different times. Yes. As a coach, as a commentator, without question, mm-hmm. and for the, the video game and what that has meant to the sport overall as well. Yeah, I like the quote, with the, the, you know, they love to play for him. He said, I was a, a guy that demanded discipline in certain things. I didn't care if a guy combed his hair or wore a suit. I'd go nuts if he jumped off sides. I'd go nuts if he didn't have great form tackling. Yeah. That documentary that was on again last night was uh, superb. I, I missed it again. Really? Yeah, it's really good. It's definitely uh, worth okay. a watch. I, I'm sure it is. All right, my friend. Contest stops. I think you said something during the break. I think you're out of you're out of you're out of your mind. You cannot go to war with six million dollars and take the Seahawks. You can't do it. I'm sorry. Is, is I'd it, rather take the Bears because the Giants are so bad. I feel stronger about the Chargers. Who's quarterback? I take the Saints with Hill. Who's, I cannot take Seattle. Lions playing playing hard. They play hard. Who's quarterbacking for the Giants? Probably going to be Glenn, well. Probably Glennon. Although he started from, and then if it was from, I agree with you with a bit. I watched that that game because I had a, a par a, a teaser, a couple teasers tied to the Eagles. I watched that. But from is awful. Yes. What was he five of thirteen for twelve yards in the first? I mean, yeah. He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. He's really really bad. If you were Georgia. Who would you would you if you they could say you could start Jake Fromm against Michigan would you take it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. And you're not quarterback out of three. They don't have a quarterback, uh-huh. right? So, is it? You make the point about 
how hard Detroit's played. You know, actually, this has been a, a flattering year, and we made fun of the guy, and he, he was quirky and all this. But Campbell had this team playing hard, right? I mean, the couple times they got blown out, it was after emotionally crushing losses when they could have won games. They could have, and they got. But this team plays hard. I mean, they almost beat Atlanta with should have won. Yeah, if TB12 can get the ball in, and then Tim Boyle, <laughs> whose number is 12, can get the ball in the end zone there. Uh-huh. I mean, it was interesting. He kicked a field goal with two and a half minutes oh, to go, but it, but it turned out. And then here he is with a chance to win the game. I couldn't believe that. Cover. It was a nice but cover, right? Yeah, right. But that's the still... original TB12, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. The original. Yeah. Right. Well, well, okay, Chargers, they beat Locke, right? Drew Locke's not beating the Chargers. Well, also, how embarrassing that loss That's to, right. to the Texans. And they're getting too, guys back. Right? And, and Locke. Season on the I line. Mean, and Locke. That's why I loved the Raiders last week. People, and, and, the, and the line moved to the Bron- back to the Broncos one, but it's, the difference between Bridgewater and Locke is significant. It really is. I, yeah, I, because, I agree. because Bridgewater really doesn't turn the ball over. Yep. He's going to make you beat them. Locke, you don't have to. He'll mm-hmm. beat you. Exactly right. Now, here's the thing. If the Broncos had a good coaching staff at all, they would realize that they can run the football all day long <laughs> well, against the Chargers, uh, right? Yes. And yes. don't put it in Locke's hands. Yeah. I don't think they're capable enough to actually go in with a solid enough game plan to rely on that, though. Rex Burkhead had his best game since 15 years ago at Nebraska. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Houston him. had 16 people out with COVID. 16. Stop with the Staley stuff. Just stop it. That's yep. embarrassing. The, 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 the hype and everything. He was, was, was the favorite to win coach of the year before they even kicked off. I might mention that in no hyperbole. I mean, oh, oh, you might. Okay. I might. Right, yeah, I right, might. Um, <laughs> Derek with a good observation yesterday that five people left $6 million on the line. Four of them have proxies. What's yeah. that tip? And, and, I mean, that's, uh, and all four different, right? Yes. No, nobody doubled up here. So they're, they've, all, they've oh. all got one horse in the race. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, well, I I wouldn't want to be the guy without one. <laughs> I might yeah. be sleeping sleeping in the parking lot here or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm surprised we we haven't had a missed pick. You know, we had, life gets in the way, and you mm, never know. We had that window from midnight to nine a.m. for the games yes. on Sunday. Everybody had their picks in by like eight, except one guy who waited till till eight fifty seven to put the pick. In. That's a little dicey. That's a bad move. That that's a little oh, dicey. App what, app the, 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 yeah, the power goes out. Who yes. know, who knows? It might happen here once in a while. <laughs> yes. It's yeah, been known I, to I, I, I'm not taking that chance. Yeah. Six million on the line. Oh, Do you, you know why he waited that long? Always oh, waiting as for much, COVID as much news yeah. as possible. COVID news, right? Yeah. And I would then, assume that yeah. ended up that ah, person ended up with the Falcons. He put the Falcons in last last minute there. But so did he put it in person? Yes, he was here. He was here. Okay, but he then you, you you actually have you can go to the counter and scream, "Come on, guys! What's going on right now?" No, uh, <laughs> but yeah, why, why would you no, chance no, it? No, no, no. Technology. So. I don't. I, right. I I get scared of technology. I'm a luddite. I hate folding chairs. You know, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. How about a Million? Bark is, is doing it no, again. No, forget that story. Okay. Jiggity, this, Jiggity, this, Jiggity Jack. Jiggy Jack. I can't believe it. He's got air. He's got distance here. Three game yeah. lead with two weeks to go. It's over. Call and it. the other thing is, how about the guy that's fifteen and zero in the quarter? How do you, you pick fifteen winners in a row against the spread? I you know. know. If I pick three in a row, I'm on a hot streak. Right. I mean, this NFL is so tough. Yeah. Well, how about the two people that are one and fourteen? Yeah, the they're boobie. right. They're, they're right behind him. Then twenty. <laughs> yeah, and then twenty eight people at thirteen and two. This, you know, this Derbify has two entries there too. We talk about oh. Hannibal Barca. Derbify is tied for second with Barca, one game behind, but the second Derbify entry is two games behind. So that'll be interesting mm-hmm. how he splits his picks, and does Barca finally split his picks this week or wait for the final week? Right. Everyone's uh, two, so two. packed together. It's so I, tight. I, I think you, you take three core games and then split I four. agree. Okay. I, I would agree I'm with, with you. I think now is the time. Yeah. Yeah. Protecting the second entry well, would, is important, too. I would have done it earlier. I would have done it earlier, but yeah. I, why, I why see earlier, though? I wouldn't have. Okay. I, think, I think you have to wait till the final couple of weeks. I think he played it the right way. Here. Derek thinks you wait till the last week. And I've talked to him. I said, when's he going to split him? He says, you should yeah. wait till the last, 
the is, very last week. But does that give you enough wiggle room then? Who knows? Uh, I will never get into that position, so we don't need to worry about no. it. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, right. we'll see. You just hope the games come to you. Would you just get, yeah. there's a bunch of COVID news and stale lines. Oh, we know helps. this. I mean, moving forward, it's going to take this percentage to win this contest every single year. Yes. Like a down year is going to be 67%. Right. When you get 4,000 people in it, that's going to be the case. Yeah. Pe- people might be saying if, if, like Wes Reynolds split an entry with Parles, right? Jeff Parles, okay. both of them work at the, the network here. They're at like 67% and are worried about cash. They're like, we're doing incredibly Doc, well. And we, we, may not, worried. we may not cash. We're 22nd. I'm yeah. worried about cashing. You I mean, are? Yes. I mean, who wow. knows? Everyone's yeah. so bunched up. Oh, right. God. Good luck to you. Yeah. I think this is going to be a great uh, edition of No Hyperbole, the five biggest gaffes of the previous week coming up next. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever, and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Sign up for a play card, debit MasterCard, get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply. Subject to card activation and ID verification. Terms and costs apply. Card issued by MetaBank. Member FDIC. All right, here we go. Let's run it down. Mike Palm's five biggest gaps of the previous week and no hyperbole. All right, let's start out with number five. Too many Baker interceptions spoil the soup. On Christmas afternoon at Lambeau Field, the Green Bay Packers defeated the Cleveland Browns 24-22. The Browns held the Packers and presumptive NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers to just three points in the second half, but were thwarted by not one, not two, not three, but four Baker Mayfield interceptions. All three Packer touchdowns came after those interceptions. The Browns' strong rushing attack, which totaled 219 yards, kept them in the game. After Devontae Adams dropped, the Browns got the ball back at their own 25 with 2.05 remaining down by two. Nick Chubb continued to gash the Packers' defense, 
He had runs of 12 yards, 8 yards, 4 yards, 10 yards, and 4 yards in the game's final two drives as the Browns advanced the ball to midfield with a minute remaining. Despite having all three timeouts in his pocket, Cleveland head coach Kevin Stefanski brought Chubb to the sidelines and decided to dance with the one who didn't bring him, Baker Mayfield. (laughs) Two incompletions and his fourth pick later, and the Browns found themselves in last place in a bunched AFC North. There was a shot for the scoop in Survivor. You're right. He he could have run the ball five more times there with three timeouts. Number four, a Christmas classic. Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol was set in London, England. Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life in Bedford Falls. Gene Shepard's A Christmas Story was set in Hammond, Indiana. On Saturday night, Cliff Kingsbury authored a Christmas classic right before our eyes in Glendale, Arizona. Hosting a Colts team, missing four starting offensive linemen and tight end Jack Doyle, the Cardinals lost for the third straight week, falling 22-16. The Cardinals' performance featured it all. A missed field goal, a missed extra point, a turnover on downs, a safety, another missed field goal, Another turnover and downs, 11 penalties, and very questionable play calling. Can someone please explain to me why King Barry insists on using a wildcat with Chase Edmond when your quarterback, Kyler Murray, is the fastest player on your team and Chase Edmond has no ability to throw the football? After starting 7-0, the Cardinals have lost 5-8 of in control of the NFC West, the same fade we saw last year. Remember, this is a coach, Kingsbury, who went 12-13 and at Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Andy Reid has only gone 55 and 16 with him in the pros. Oh. Number three, guilty as chargered. The eight and six chargers closed as a 13 point favorite Sunday in Houston for their game against the three and 11 Texans. The Texans were missing top receiver, Brendan Cooks, center, Justin Britt, defensive end, Jonathan Grennard, and place kicker, Kaimi Fairburn. Starting at quarterback for the Texans was Davis Mills. In Mills' games against the Bills, Cardinals, and Colts twice, the Texans were outscored 133-8, to while Mills averaged 4.7 yards per attempt and threw six picks against zero touchdowns. But a funny thing happened on the way to the AFC playoffs. The Texans smoked the Chargers, 41-29. Rookie phenom Davis Mills was 21-27 for for 254 yards. That's a slight improvement to 9.4 yards per attempt. He threw two touchdowns and no interceptions. Chargers head coach Brandon Staley, who is single-handedly trying to revolutionize the game of football by eliminating place kicking, had (laughs) this to say after the head-scratching loss. I just didn't coach well enough today. I didn't coach well enough. Didn't put our guys in good enough positions to be consistent in the game. And um, that's why we lost. The fact that Staley, as you said, Paul, was an early coach of the year favorite and couldn't get his team ready to play was essentially the Houston Texans practice squad should forever be a stain on his resume. Number two, Purdy Awful. Iowa State lost to Cheez-It Bowl to Clemson last night, 20-13. Quarterback Brock Purdy was 23-39 for with 204 yards, one touchdown and one INT. But mistakes on two key plays doomed the Cyclones. Trailing 13-3 late in the third quarter, Purdy's pass was deflected up in the air. Purdy then jumped and batted the ball. Not down, but forward, right into the arms of Clemson linebacker Mario Goodrich, who returned it 18 yards for a touchdown, leaving the Cyclones down 20-3. Now trailing 20-13, and on the game's final drive, the Cyclones faced the fourth down. 
Purdy scrambled beyond the sticks for a first down, only to fumble it when hit by guess who? Goodrich. The ball shot backwards and Purdy recovered it, but short of the line to make. These mistakes seem unconscionable for a fourth-year starter, especially one who is coached by the great Matt Campbell. The great Matt Campbell, who took a top-10 AP team to a 7-6 and six record this year. The great Matt Campbell, who cannot beat Kurt Ferentz. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt Campbell, you didn't get a job anywhere else, and if you come back to Ames next year, you have 19 starters leaving. Let's see a coach now without any talent. And finally, number one, Anthony Brown and his band of renown. Oregon's 47-32 shelling at the hands of medium game Bob and the Oklahoma Sooners (laughs) in the Valero Alamo Bowl brought a fitting end to one of the greatest frauds perpetrated upon the American people, specifically on VSIN viewers in recent years. The fact that this Oregon team was ranked ahead of Michigan, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and more after losing to Stanford on October 2nd. A Stanford team that finished 3-9, and a Stanford team that was last in the Pac-12 North, a Stanford team that averaged 12 points a game in their final five outings. Notre Dame went to that same farm. They beat Stanford 45-14. Oregon led Washington by one score with two minutes to go. Michigan beat Oregon by three touchdowns. But the Duck apologist explained that their win in Columbus and C.J. Stroud's second start trumped it all. Ignore Oregon's sloppy performance at home against winless Arizona. Getting bailed out time (laughs) after time by the officials in Eugene and their win over California didn't matter. Remember, Columbus was the battle cry. Then came that Saturday night at Rice-Eccles when a team that lost to San Diego State embarrassed Oregon 38-7. Or 13 days later, here in Las Vegas. With revenge in their hearts and redemption on their minds, The Ducks again were pummeled by Utah by four touchdowns. And finally last night in San Antonio, where the score was 30-3 to at the half. If these Remember Columbus propagandists had just been honest and said, we need the Pac-12 to be relevant again, and therefore we have to support the only team that has a chance at the playoffs, that would have been one thing. But instead, they laughed and they smiled, and they told us not to believe our lying eyes. And that is no hyperbole. All right. Way to end the year on that. Strong. Very strong. Yes. As always. I appreciate all the time you put into that and the crew as well. Good Mm -hmm. good stuff and all the writing. Don't you think that the whole bowl system, though, they really have to have a discussion in the offseason to figure out what they can do to fix this thing? We've had this discussion before. You love the Rose Bowl. We're all from the Midwest. I do love watching it on TV. It's it's holding everything hostage here. With that two o'clock time slide and has to be on New Year's Day and how important it is to the people who are in their seventies and eighties. You can work it in to be a semifinal game. Of course you can. I mean, yes. you know, yes. it worked out this year that nobody that didn't get in the playoff really has an argument. But this is one of the first years that's ever happened. It's so simple to go to eight. And you know, you can eliminate some of these games that I mean these teams don't it look Ohio State, everybody I think there's gonna be more opt outs. So do I. I I mm. I think this game goes down to three or less before the game. I think there's many more coming. Even the people at Ohio State that don't care to play in this game. It's lost significance Fans for don't the kids. Care. For the kids. Right. It's the it's the visual stunning pageantry of the event, right? Yep. That's what we're clinging to in our hearts. Yeah. But but this system now and how about how about Rutgers? 
How about this? How, how are they going to? Uh, was she? How did Shiano get these kids back? Were they still practicing? I mean, was Urban Meyer running practices off season up, up, up there in Piscataway? And now you got to go against this quarterback. I mean, Wake puts forty-five or fifty on everybody. Yes. No time to game plan against no, them. And control. you have a pedestrian offense. I agree. This line should be twenty-four now. I totally agree. I totally agree. What we'll get th- killed on that too. I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where you at with ranch dressing? Uh, I like wan- a ranch on wings. Here, look, Paul. I, I listened yesterday. And I couldn't believe that you don't get something simple here, okay? Huh. And, and 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 this is about Miracle Whip. Who couldn't love Miracle Whip? You know, there's a saying I learned as a youth, and, and I cherish it now because I have a baby about to be born a girl, right? A son is a son till he takes a wife, but a daughter is a daughter all of her life. You understand that Mitch being married to a celebrity chef for him to support Miracle Whip is like a cognitive dissonance. He just, he cannot do that in his heart of hearts, whether he likes it or not. He cannot support one of these, you know, for the masses types thing. It's just, it just doesn't bode well for him. I love some Miracle Whip. Oh, you love it. Oh, I love oh. some Miracle Whip yeah. on no, a sandwich. Yes. Oh, it's great. It's great. the turkey, the leftovers it's, on Thanksgiving? It's great. Oh, oh God, you got to have it. You guys are so wrong. You got to have it. I do admit that I clearly have turned into a food stop some sort, to some degree, over the years. Also, being treated to Lorraine's cookie. But, be- I mean, before I even met Lorraine, yeah. I tapped out on Miracle Whip and mayonnaise all of it years ago. Ooh, making a mistake. I love French dressing. You can't oh. get it that many places well, out here. In the Midwest, it's at every restaurant. Yeah. On the salad bars, everything. Sure. Happy New Year, pal. Happy New Year, guys. Paul Charchian, next. The Sports Betting Network. First bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with promo code Vegas1000 and receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit vcin.com slash horses for details. Bonus code Vegas1000. For all the marbles, so important, a double shot, a charge with the fantasy Super Bowl here. And everything on the line, it all comes down to Sunday. Guys, it's yep. great to be with you. I, can I can I get in on this Miracle Whip discussion <laughs> that has now spanned two days, please? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's the okay. I'm going to defy you to name two ingredients in Miracle Whip. Can you even name two? Because it's basically a mystery sauce, right? Yeah, I or was a reading condiment. Yeah, I was reading and up on it. There's 20 different. You were. Yeah, I, so I, maybe I, you know. I, no, I don't. No, go ahead. I don't know. I'm, you tell me. <laughs> Can, I don't know, but it's it. good. I like can, it. I'm saying. What are you putting? What are you putting in your body? Can you can you wow. name two ingredients in Miracle? What are you putting? And in? there's about fourteen. Uh, eggs. Yeah. Eggs. Yes. Eggs is in like regular that's, mayonnaise. That's one. Yeah. Okay. There's eggs. Can you give me one more? No. But you're asking the wrong guy about what you put in your body. Yeah, you could be right. All right, here's your here's your, here's what's in here's what's in Miracle Whip. So you can make it at home if you want to. Molly. Okay. You know, maybe you decide I don't want to buy it in the jar. I want to make it at home. Do you have some soybean oil around? Yeah. Some high fructose corn syrup, vinegar, modified cornstarch, salt, natural flavor could mean anything. Yeah. Mustard, flour, potassium sorbate, spice, and dried garlic. That is. Your miracle whip right there. Mm. So you're not a fan. You're on Team Mitch here. I'm on Team Mitch. I think when I was in college, when I was 19 years old, I I, I ate Miracle Whip. Same here. That's all I could afford. Mm-hmm. I, you had to be you had to be selective on your condiment choices back then. But 
you know, once you get a real job, I think you move on from Miracle Whip. Right? <laughs> out of here. Just get the hell so, out of here. It's a rite of passage. It's like ranch. At some point, I'll grow uh, Miracle Whip. You're out of your mind. Like, we're gonna no, we're gonna we have our list tomorrow. We'll do our list tomorrow for a top guy. Co- what what condiments do you like then, Bozo? Well, I like Bozo. I like plenty of condiments. I like give, give me a mustard. Give me a salad dressing. Does a salad dressing count as a condiment? Yeah. I mean, here's the best. I'll tell you the best condiment that nobody ever talks about is the dill relish, and specifically not the sweet relish. And if you go to any ballpark in America, yeah. it's always the sweet relish. Whoever eats a pickle with sugar on it, nobody. But I go to the ballpark, and suddenly they want my relish to be sweet. That's sweet relish isn't is disgusting. But yep. the dill relish you can put in many great things. Egg salad should have dill relish in the mix. Chicken salad, dill relish in it. People don't use dill relish or not. That's the most underrated condiment of all time. Probably mix in some tuna. I'm sure it's going to be oh, pretty absolutely. tasty with that. Okay, tuna salad, a hundred percent. Yep. Uh, so, do you have? Like somebody that you would label this week as a great play, as a dart throw, as you would put it, specifically if you're an underdog in your matchup to win the championship. Yeah, you need something special to happen. You're projected to lose by 25 points, 30 points. There's a dart throw guy that that I like, Mitch. Trey Lance, your almost certain starter for San Francisco. We've seen Trey in parts of two games. One as a starter, one as a backup. Um, In the first game, he threw two touchdowns. In the second game, he ran for 89 yards. We're going to try to bring those two things together into one game where hopefully he can help you on the ground and through the air. He goes up against Houston. Houston's secondary has actually been shockingly competent. Uh, But that doesn't mean that Lance with his cannon arm can't just get the ball in the hands of his playmakers. Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk, those guys can make big plays, and he doesn't have to earn it all himself. Those guys can earn on, on behalf of him, and and if they let Trey Lance run, if he can run for another 89 yards, he's got a good chance at a rushing touchdown. He's a guy you can just go pick up off the waiver wire today. He's rostered in almost no leagues, and if you just need something special to happen, here's a pathway to two passing touchdowns, a rushing touchdowns, and 100 yards running that could give you a blow-up game from a guy that's on the waiver wire right now. Yeah, so I'm playing against George Kittle in one championship game, and I have Debo Samuel. Oh, Ooh. So I'm I'm very curious how this is going to shake out on sure. Sunday. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Debo Samuel's been one of the great stories of the season. No really, question. Yeah. Fantasy or otherwise, he's been dominating. And you know, I love that they're using him in the hybrid role a little bit like Cordero Patterson. But Cordero Patterson's totally dried up, and he's done virtually nothing for a month. But Debo continues to just rock it, and that's a it's a an, uh, probably one of the underrated great stories of this season is Debo Samuel what he's done yes. for that team. What do you do with Burrow? I mean, he was 500 yards, unbelievable last week, had a good year, but you're going against this hot uh, chief defense, not giving up points. Yeah, exactly. You know, so monster game last week, as you mentioned, I'm going to be the wet blanket here. So I'll remind people Mm -hmm. he's been held to zero or one passing touchdown in five of the past seven games. Kansas City has allowed the second fewest fantasy points per attempt over the last six weeks. And since week six, no opposing quarterback has topped 270 yards against Kansas City. That's not that high a threshold. No quarterback has topped two touchdowns against Kansas City since week five. So I think he comes back to earth, and I've got a, I've got a modest starting grade on, on Burrow. I'm not chasing last week's performance, and I think you got to just be really thoughtful before you start. He's my number seven quarterback, so I still like him, but 
there's a chance you might have another quarterback on roster that's a that's a better play than Joe Burrow, who likely comes back down to where he's normally been. Okay, well, then watching this Ravens defense the last couple of weeks, what do you think the Rams offense does? Oh, I love him. Matthew Stafford's my number one ranked quarterback, mm. and Cooper Cup is my number one ranked uh, wide receiver. You can even play Van Jefferson and Odell Beckham if you want to. Ravens allowing the fourth most yards and third most touchdowns to wide receivers. Uh, this is a it's a great opportunity here, and they've got a guy named Trayvon Young in the slot. He just got roasted by Tyler Boyd, and here comes Cooper Cup. It's going to be a it's mm. it's a nightmare scenario for Baltimore, and they may be missing uh, you know Marlon Humphrey's out, and that's not changing, and um, Marcus Peters out, that's not changing, and then Anthony Averett, their other cornerback, may not play in this game. So yeah, it's green light for all your Rams, and including Sony Michelle, who's expected to get all the work in this game. Follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Paul Charchi and our guest. His website is guillotineleagues.com. And by the way, if you're wondering, like, if you have sit start questions at all, just go to Charchi's player rankings on, on the website, guillotineleagues.com, and you can find them all in order right there to answer your own questions. You have some great numbers here when football games are played in, like, basically zero degrees or around that number, which is what we're going to get Sunday night between the Packers and Vikings. The total in the game is the high 40s. When these two teams met, we do get fireworks, but are you telling me not necessarily going to be the case on Sunday night charge because of the cold weather? So there's a point at which the weather gets so cold that the whole game just turns to molasses. Humans do, and you just, everything slows down, everything hurts. It's, it, there's a point at which it just gets too cold. So our, our kickoff game time, it's a 8.20 Eastern start. This thing's only going to get colder, and the kickoff temperature is currently forecasted for 5 degrees with a wind chill of negative 15. And for people who turn their nose up on the wind chill, that's because you're not from the upper Midwest. You two get it. Mitch and Polly, you get it. The wind chill is totally legitimate. In the winter, most of the time, whether or not it is cold, it feels cold, it's predicated entirely on wind. And we're going to have some wind in this game, 10 to 15 mile an hour winds. And that's not normally a lot, but that does change things here. So I did a little, I, I went back through and looked at the actual stats of games played in single-digit temperatures or colder over the last eight years. So this is single-digit temps over the last eight years, and the passing game in particular gets devastated. The average passing game, single-digit temperatures, 16 completions, 161 yards, and 0.3 passing touchdowns. That's it. Ooh. That's turn back the clock, Newt, uh, Newt Rockney level passing right there. So it's Aaron Rodgers and it's Kirk Cousins. These are strong arm quarterbacks, and and maybe you might be tempted to think it won't affect them, but I don't know. I mean, we've got a pretty big data set here that shows that you know quarterbacks just the passing game just doesn't come around when it gets this cold. 160 yards, 0.3 touchdowns on average. I'm guessing that Rodgers has at least played in a handful of those games and in Lambeau, right? Had to have. You would think so, but it turns out that the, and the Packers played one, a one qualifying game in this data set, and it was Brett Huntley. And you can imagine uh, how that went. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's not all been bad quarterbacks. Like Russell Wilson's in this data set. It's, you know, it hasn't all been bad quarterbacks. Um, and a lot of these games have been playoff games because they've been played in January. So, yeah, yeah 160 yards, point three touchdowns per game. I'm not saying you got to bench Justin Jefferson and, and Devontae Adams and Rodgers and Cousins, but, man, you, sure. you got to think twice. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, it's Follow the Money here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. We're going to continue. We'll do one more segment with Paul Charchian, guillotineleagues.com. He has an improbable fantasy league winner at running back. He'll tell you about coming up. Um, we'll tie in what happened last year in a championship game to a guy that might not even be startable this week, and he was unbelievable last year, won you a title. And Charch also, he's be- bewildered at a current number on a coach to win coach of the year, and I agree with him on that. All of that coming up next year on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever, and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting. From the local perspective, there are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, L.A., New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. As we continue with Paul Charchian, guillotineleagues.com, talking about the Super Bowl of fantasy sports, uh, fantasy football this week. Okay, so which running back? Have you labeled an improbable fantasy league winner this week, Charge? You wouldn't think Ronald Jones would be the guy that's going to carry fantasy leagues to a championship, but it looks like it's going to come that way. Last week, 20 carries and three targets. You know the volume is going to be there for Ronald Jones. The opponent is the Jets, which helps make this a little more obvious. They've allowed a running back to either rush for 98 yards or score a touchdown in 15 of 16 games. Oh. So this. <laughs> You know, it's 
It's a guarantee here. It's, uh, <laughs> overall, they've allowed the most rushing scores to running backs, 22. The most combination yards, uh, air and ground yards, 166 per game. You know, Arnold Jones is going to get most of that 166 yards himself. And their best starting lineman, Quinnen Williams, the Jets' best starting lineman, he may be out for this game. So I've got Ronald Jones inside my top five Ooh. at the running back position, and he was a total afterthought two weeks ago. How about what happened last year in the fantasy Super Bowl? And then what happens with the same? What, what, what do you tell us about Kamara and what happened last year? And, and can we even use him this week? Yeah. So let's uh, we'll, we'll go back one year ago to fantasy championship games. And Alvin Kamara on a Saturday ended any drama for your fantasy championship with six touchdowns against my Vikings. Yeah. One year later, he's barely startable this week. Since his return three weeks ago from injury, he's fantasy football's 20th highest scoring running back, and most of that came three weeks ago. Last two games have been a total disaster. We're going to follow the status of his two tackles, Taron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek. They haven't played for a month. Mm -hmm. We're hoping that they, one of them can, that one or both can ideally come back, but maybe not. And then there's the whole Taysom Hill bit. He comes back. Mm -hmm. He snipes rushes, rushing touchdowns, and his wobbly passing does not help Kamara either. So Taysom Hill devalues Kamara a bit. Now they're going against Carolina. They've got a bunch of COVID running through their locker room. We don't know the status of some of their defensive players and that if they're missing some key players, including two linebackers, maybe that helps Kamara here. But you're going to have to show caution, and it's not a guarantee. Right now, he's my number 17th ranked running back. But Kamara's got the ability. He could go down from that if these tackles don't come back. So it's not a guarantee that the guy who scored you six touchdowns last year is in your starting lineup this year. So this is how random fantasy football is. Uh, in one of my leagues, I'm in the championship game. I'm 14-1. and one. Wow. My one loss charge was the week that Jonathan Taylor scored five touchdowns. Whew. What? Wow. Yeah. How Can you believe that? that? I, I, I had an unbelievable week. The guy I played was the second best team in the entire league, and every player he had that week just went bananas. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Isn't that wild? Uh, but still, 14-1 is very, very good. I've I, I've been doing this a long time. I've never had an undefeated season. It's incredibly hard to do, and 14-1 yeah, sure. is very impressive. Well, in, So now, here, don't go belly up at the, at the wire here, okay? <laughs> here, Here's why I'm scared to death. So it's a dynasty league. In the same league, in 2018, I drafted Patrick Mahomes. I loved him going into that year. That was his breakout year. I was 14-0 going into the title game. And I got beat on Christmas Eve that night by like five points or whatever. I lost the only oh, loss I had the entire year. I was sick for uh, a month. I'm sure. I hated it. Oh, yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, sleepers this week. Yeah, yeah. Who do you have in mind? Uh, let's see if you're feeling daring with Dare Ogunbowale, your starting running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, because James Robinson tore his Achilles last week. He played every offensive snap after that. And he put up 72 total yards, 72 total yards, and a score on 19 touches in that game. Um, and he gets the Patriots. You might think the Patriots are a tough out. But as a run defense, the Patriots are actually struggling quite a bit. They're allowing the sixth most total yards to running backs, 153 per game. Um, and they don't give up a ton of touchdowns, but they give up plenty of yards. And if you're getting that many yards, touchdowns is always a chance there. And th it was the same stage at the very end of last year as well that Dare Ogumbawale um, was starting and doing a little something in weeks uh, 16 and 17 of last season uh, when injuries uh, were a factor for the Jaguars. So mm -hmm. 
an opportunity here for a guy nobody's heard of in a positive matchup that you I've got a starting grade on, Dari Agunbowale. Yeah. Okay, you mentioned the Rams too, but now here is a Hall of Famer and with everything on the line. Give us a, 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 other matchups that you like, any position. Well, I'll give you another uh, guy that's a quasi-sleeper available in about half of leagues. Christian Kirk from the Cardinals goes up against okay. Dallas. He's uh, He's been the Cardinals' leading receiver since DeAndre Hopkins went on IR, and each of his last two games, Kirk has had at least nine targets and seven catches. He's averaging 71 yards. Here come the Cowboys, and everybody just automatically assumes, well, it's it's the Cowboys. You've got Trayvon Diggs. Nobody wants to pass against them. Trayvon Diggs gives up the most yards in his coverage of any player, and Christian Kirk runs a lot of his routes from the slot. That puts him up against Anthony Brown, the slot cornerback for Dallas. He gives up the third most yards in his coverage among all cornerbacks. So there's some there's a nice positive angle right there on Christian Kirk, another guy that I like that you wouldn't normally start, but you could in your championship week. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Paulie Howard, our guest is Paul Charchian, guillotineleagues.com. What's your advice with uh, owners who have Saquon Barkley? Yeah, it's come to this on Barkley. So you already know you're probably not starting him. I'm going to say let's go one step better than that. Let's just drop him outright. Now, the worst thing that happens to you here is you 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 feel good you drop you finally drop the guy who's been torpedoing your team all season long and yet somehow you're here in the championship game <laughs> just press the submit button and feel the joy of jettisoning the last <laughs> giant from your roster the best case scenario is you do all that your opponent picks up Saquon Barkley on name value puts him in his lineup and then ends up losing this week because that's what Saquon Barkley does is he delivers L's to fantasy teams this year He's post-declining, rushing, and receiving yards in three straight weeks. He has hit the goal line one time since week four. That's it. Devontae Booker stealing carries. Chicago's a middle-of-the-pack run defense, but they're great through the air against running backs, and that's where Barkley's been quasi-helpful through the air. If they take that away, he leaves you with nothing. So there you go. Let's drop Saquon Barkley outright in championship week. I absolutely love that strategy. I think that's brilliant. Okay, and so if you rewind to August, we were going over like season-long bets, some futures to make. You made a great case at the time for Andy Reid. You put me on him at the time at 30 to 1. I have since added him at like around 100 to 1. I don't get this chart. I do not understand the number right now. And Andy, how does he not have a case? Right. I mean, okay, so if you remember this conversation in the preseason, the over the last 20 years, your coach of the year winners have fallen almost entirely and evenly into two categories. Mm-hmm. First-time coaches mm-hmm. who turn around a bad franchise or a veteran coach with a gaudy win total. So there's no there's no first-time coach. There's nobody. It was Stefanski last year. Everybody thought it would be Brandon Staley. He just lost to Houston. It's not going to be Brandon Staley, right? So now who's the veteran coach who's going to win this thing? How about the guy with eight straight wins who's powering his team to a number one seed in the AFC and will probably finish with 10 straight wins to finish out the season? Andy Reid right now is between plus 5,000 and plus 8,000. It's staggering. What, there's The only other case to be made, I think, is Matt LaFleur, the number one seed in the NFC. He's plus 150. I can get plus 8,000 on Andy Reid, who's going to roll into the voting for that that with on 10 straight wins. This is, I, I don't understand the line at all. It feels totally broken to me and a great opportunity. Couldn't agree more. Uh, you're the best. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year. Good luck in your title games this weekend, Charge. 
Absolutely. Hopefully we'll talk in the playoffs as well, my friends. Oh, no we doubt. Will. No oh, doubt. we will. And follow him on Twitter. He's at Paul Charchi. And again, the website is guillotineleagues.com for all your start sick questions up there. Just go up to his rankings all for free. Uh, don't forget, VEASAN has programming like this live all day long, every single day, including afternoons on My Guys in the Desert. And if you missed the show yesterday, the godfather himself, Brent Musburger, was on the show to remember the late, great John Madden. And youngsters today, they don't remember the coaching, they don't remember the broadcasting, but they certainly know the game, the, the Madden game, which became uh, one of the most popular in history. I, there, there are so many anecdotes about uh, working with John Madden back in the days at CBS. We finished a playoff game in Chicago, and of course, uh, John didn't have really a fear of flying. He was claustrophobic. For example, we could never get him a hotel room above the third floor because he would not get in an elevator. So in those early days, before he got his famous bus, he would travel on the train all around the country. And I said, John, I don't want to see you travel alone back home after this playoff game. It's cold. Uh, I'll go with you on the train. So John and I start <laughs> off from the Chicago station, and uh, the thing breaks down. I think twice we go to upstate New York, and they change engines and were stranded there overnight. And by the time we get to Grand Central Station, I don't know, two days later, I got up. I said, John, you're on your own, my friend. That's my last train trip. <laughs> <laughs> to hear that full interview, go to YouTube.com slash Live or vcin.com and the vcin app. Good luck tonight. Bet River Sports. Bet River Sports. Bet River Sports. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.